she interrupted my sermon. I'll never forget that Sunday morning, now some 20 odd years ago, I was in the middle of my sermon when one of the women of our church came to the front of the sanctuary when we were meeting down the other end of the building. She came to the front of the sanctuary, stepped right up here and handed me a piece of paper that had, she had hastily scribbled this message. A man has come into our nursery and has told us to evacuate the building because the fire alarm is going off. So I immediately sensed that something was not quite right. I hadn't been the pastor of Mountain View that long, but I, long enough to know that there was no fire alarm in the building. <laughs> there is now, <laughs> but there was not back then. So I just continued on. And then at the end of the service, as I was right after I gave the benediction, the same woman came into the sanctuary again, this time walking out with me, and she's telling me as we're walking to the back, now the fire department and the police department are here. They're in the parking lot, and there is a big truck that has smashed into a car. I remember thinking, what in the world is going on today? Someone's car smashed? And, and, and I, as we were walking to the back, I, I remember turning to her and saying, just off the cuff, oh, I, well, I hope it's mine. <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> the same guy, as it turns out, the same guy who was, by the way, he was off his meds, and he got angry when his fire alarm warning was ignored by our savvy nursery workers. Um, he went home. He was angry. He went home and got his four by four and careened back into our parking lot and, and destroyed the first car that he found, which was mine. By the way, I now park at the school across the street. <laughs> so. Highly recommended. It's a great place to park, especially on a day like today. All this to say, it's kind of amazing what happens when your sermon gets interrupted. And um, I don't know if you realize, but we just heard in this passage from Acts 10, we just heard another such occasion of a sermon getting interrupted. Did you catch it? So it's really actually in the middle of a quite involved long story about the Apostle Peter and a Roman officer, a Roman centurion named Cornelius, and what turns out to be a major shift in the trajectory of the young church of Jesus Christ. This is all happening in Acts chapter 10. Now, this is after Pentecost. You know, the Pentecost is the, the event where the, the Holy Spirit was given to the church, the disciples of Jesus, who were all, by the way, Jews. And that's, that's a significant point. Some weeks or months later, Peter had traveled the 40 or so miles from Jerusalem into to the seaside town of Joppa. And while he was there, he had a really bizarre thing happen to him. He was sitting on the roof of a house 
and he was really hungry. I think the meal had been delayed or something. He's really hungry, and he had a bizarre vision of a, of a sheet being lowered down from heaven, and on this sheet were all these different animals, and they, were all, they all happened to be the kind of animals that a Jewish person would never eat. They were unclean animals. And a voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And each time he answered, no, 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 I would never do that. Because he was, after all, a good Jew, and he wouldn't do that. So this happens three times. Get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, I wouldn't do that. And right after that, some men appeared at the front door of the house, and they're looking for Peter. They're wanting Peter to accompany them to the home of Cornelius, who is a Roman officer. So Cornelius lived in the city of Caesarea, which is some 40 miles up the coast on the Mediterranean Sea, and he was someone who was very interested in becoming a Jewish believer. Now, Think about that for a moment. A member of the Roman occupying force fascinated with Judaism and wanting to become a believer. This is unheard of. And so Peter and his team agreed to go with them, and when they arrived at Cornelius' house, Cornelius tried to worship Peter. And, and, and Peter said, no, 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 no. You don't worship me. I'm just a human being. He kind of sets him straight about this. And then Cornelius then invited Peter to speak to everyone who's gathered there. And he says this, tell us, Peter, tell us what God has commanded you to say. So now this is the beginning of our text today. Peter takes a deep breath and he begins his Easter sermon, starting by saying he has just had an aha experience. You know what an aha experience is? When you realize something suddenly. And this is huge for Peter. He says that he has just learned that God does not play favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and you are ready to do as he says, then the door is open. So remember that point. He then tells a basic accounting of the life, the ministry, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. You see, it's an Easter sermon. And that at the high point of the sermon... When he's really getting going, <laughs> he, he says it again. He says, everyone, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness and sins through his name. See, there's that open door point again. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And this is when the sermon gets interrupted. Except for Peter and his congregation that day, it wasn't a false fire alarm. It was, it was a very real display of the power of the Holy Spirit. Our text says that while Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit 
fell on all who were listening, and they began speaking in tongues. But notice what happens next. Those watching, Peter's Jewish friends, those watching couldn't believe what they were seeing. And do you know why? Those people speaking in tongues, they were outsiders, non-Jews. But they were obviously receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no way to deny it. Now, this created quite the cognitive dissonance for them. It just didn't make any sense. This was Cornelius and his friends. They were Romans, Gentiles. And to Jews, Romans were hated. They were despised. Peter's team assumed that they were ineligible for this kind of thing. But here they were, speaking in tongues, praising God, irrefutable evidence that God was blessing them. And what Peter had just recently learned was slowly dawning on all of them, namely that when Jesus rose from the dead, he not only conquered sin and death, which is major, but also he destroyed the barrier between people groups, and he opened the floodgate for love and grace, the love and grace of God to flow to the whole world, even to the Gentiles, even to Roman soldiers. <laughs> I mean, they were, they were like Maddie up here who was sitting with Tom. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> that was so great. That was perfect. God was restoring what had been broken by generations and generations of people hating each other. This is, this is nothing short of cataclysmic. In the, in the words of one Bible scholar, quote, it means that there are no ethnic, geographical, cultural, or moral barriers any longer in the way of anyone and everyone being offered forgiveness and new life. What I, what I want us to notice this morning is that from the very beginning of the Christian church, first at Pentecost, and then when pe pe Philip preached outside of Judea in, in Samaria, and then he preached to the Ethiopian eunuch, somebody from Africa. And then there's this conversion of the enemy of the church, Saul on the Damascus Road. And now with a Roman soldier and other Gentiles receiving the blessing of the Holy Spirit. The common thread in all of this is that the message of Easter is for the whole world. Especially for those who might we might think are ineligible or outsiders or, or different than us. This church is going to be a church for all nations, a church of all nations. And that, my friends, is a miracle. 
In a world where people separate themselves into tribes along racial or political lines, that's a miracle. In a world where the first response to to people different than us is suspicion, that's a miracle. In a world where hatred is evident every day, to see God as the one who brings his children together in love and grace and forgiveness, this, folks, is a miracle. When I look at this church family, Mountain View Church, and I see how it is slowly becoming a church of all nations, I'm so encouraged. It's nothing short of miraculous that we can come together and we can find Jesus and we can find in him that we are brothers and sisters. We are a family together. But here's what I want to leave you with today on this Easter Sunday. Just as the friends of Peter were astounded that day by what God was doing, you and I, I believe this, you and I would be astounded if we could only see what the Holy Spirit is doing to break down the barriers, to bring about good things in our world, to restore what has been broken. You may see members of your family as beyond help and ineligible for God's blessing. I'm here to tell you today that God wants to interrupt that idea with his love. No one is beyond the reach of his love. And he brought his son back to life from the grave to prove it. Are you willing to let your expectations be interrupted by what God is doing? You may see yourself as ineligible for God's blessing because of what you've done or where you come from. I'm here to tell you that God wants to interrupt that idea with his love, his open arms of love for you. Let's take it a step farther. You may see something in your life as unable to change or unable to be healed or beyond hope. I'm here to tell you that God wants to interrupt that idea with his power. That same power that he used to raise Jesus from the dead is ready to bring back to life even broken dreams. Parts of our lives that we have assumed are dead and gone. I pray that you and I will allow ourselves to be interrupted by the message of hope and power and love this Easter. He is risen. Let's pray. Oh God, 
We thank you for the fact that you are always working, that you're always doing something new, that you are, by the power of your Holy Spirit, causing that which has been declared dead to come back to life. Lord, I pray that you would interrupt our lives with your power and your love. Lord, as we bring our offering to you today, we ask you to not only bless our gifts, Lord, but we pray that you would bless us with a willingness to open our eyes to what you are doing and how we can be a part of it. For we pray in the powerful name of the risen Christ. Amen.